welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Eckelbarger. Here comes Henry Aldrich. This is the 34th episode of The Aldrich Family. Today's show is entitled Pigeon Coops, and it originally aired on February 20th, 1940. <laughs> Starring Ezra Stone, written by Clifford Goldsmith. Brought to you by the makers of those delicious new desserts all America's talking about. Jell-O Pudding. In the month of February, you know, fall the birthdays of two great American presidents. We don't know, of course, whether Henry Aldrich will ever become president, but as the scene opens tonight in the Aldrich family living room, Henry has a birthday and other things on his mind. Mother, if you could choose anything in the world for your birthday, what would you take? A million dollars. Now, Mother, be reasonable. I can't give you as much as that. What would you like? Right at the moment, Henry, your mother would like a mink coat. A mink coat, Father? A mink coat? Mm-hmm. How much would a thing like that cost? How much do you have? Two dollars and thirty-five cents. <laughs> oh, but uh, that's not important, Father. No, not at all. But it isn't. I've got a scheme all worked out. I'll be able to get anything Mother wants. Really, dear? It isn't anything more than you deserve, Mother. Could you loan me... Could you loan me two dollars? To which one of us are you speaking? Oh, not to you, Father. I realize I've stretched you to the breaking point as it is. I'm glad you're aware of that. How about it, Mother? How about what, dear? In case you don't know it, Alice, you're about to be stretched to the breaking point. What is it you want the two dollars for? To put with the money I have. I'm making an investment. I read a pamphlet, see? It's got the easiest way I ever heard of to make money. What is it? Rabbits. I beg your pardon? Raising rabbits. They'll double your money overnight. You don't say so. But they will, Father. You can't lose. Where would we keep rabbits? In the basement. Well, we're not keeping rabbits in our basement. Read the pamphlet, Mother. One fellow started with just four rabbits, and in two years, he had 700. And do you think we're going to have 700 rabbits running all over our basement? Well, I'd make pens for them. And how would I get into the basement? Do you remember, Henry, that stray dog that stayed here last week? I had to ask you to feed her every day she was with us. But that was just one, Mother. I certainly wouldn't forget to feed 700. <laughs> Incidentally, who's going to pay for the feed for 700? Oh, they pay for it themselves. Oh, I see. Out of their own pockets? Father. Everything I suggest you take lightly. Oh, if you think I'm taking this lightly, you're quite mistaken. You're not going to spend any money on rabbits. But that's not what I want it for. Well, I thought that was what you did want it for. No, Mother, it's to buy some galvanized feeding pans. What was that? Feeding pans for the rabbits. For what rabbits? For my rabbits, the ones I've got down in the cellar. 
You have 700 down there? No, Father, just four. I'm only beginning. They're beauties, too. Where did you get them, dear? Happy Taylor gave them to me. How did the Taylor boy happen to do that? I don't know. His folks just seem to think we'd like them better than they would. Yes. How would you like to be generous, dear, and give them back to Happy Taylor? Mother, don't you want a birthday present? Not as much as I want a home. Well, if I give those back, I won't have anything at all. How about your dog? He left. Because of the rabbits? But, Father, don't you want me to develop responsibility so I'll take care of things and feed them? Henry, we are not opposed to your developing all the responsibility you want to. But you'll have to find someone to take those rabbits. Who is there? Well, how about Tommy Walsh? He has a much larger house than we have. Well, uh, could I give him the rabbits but let him keep them here? (laughs) And your mother and I could live with the Walshes, eh? But, Father, you have no idea how I've planned on this. Supposing you go to the phone, dear, and see whether Tommy wouldn't like to have them. Now? Henry, if you want a rabbit for a pet, that's one thing. But you're not going to raise rabbits in our basement for the purpose of making money. Now, please call the Walshers. I'll phone them, but I hope they aren't in. Well, Alice, in one year we would have had rabbits in every room in the house. Sam, don't you think we might at least get Henry a dog? Alice, by tomorrow you'll have forgotten the whole thing. Perhaps. He never has kept it anything for more than 24 hours. Well, just the same, he might have kept it this. You mean you want him to raise rabbits? Well, as he says, it would develop character. Alice, let's have an understanding right now. Which do you want Henry to have, character or a father? A father, dear. Who do you suppose that can be at the door? Probably Mr. Hubbard. I'll let him in. Hello there, Hubbard. Evening. What is it you want repaired? Oh, the trouble's out in the kitchen. Pipe under the sink. Hi there, Mr. Hubbard. Evening. Oh, Henry, will you take Mr. Hubbard out and show him where that leak is? Sure thing. Henry, what did Tommy Walsh say about the rabbit? His folks weren't in. But he'd be very glad to take them, Mother. This way, Mr. Hubbard. Yes, sir. You, uh, raise rabbits? I was going to. Here you are. There's the pipe that's dripping. Hmm. I don't know whether I have a wrench that'll fit that or not. Want me to look in your bag for you? Yeah. No, thank you. It's a good thing you're getting out of this rabbit business. Don't you recommend it? I'd be a rich man now if it weren't for rabbits. What happened? By the time it was over, even my wife left me. Yeah? Uh, Do do you want me to hold the screwdriver for you? Uh, Will you just put it down, please? Sure. I, uh... Raised beavers once, too. Make a lot of money on them? That was the second time my wife left me. Well, uh, uh, did she ever come back? She did. And she got even with me. How? She went in for raising turkeys. She make a lot of money? That was when I left her. I see. Well, tell me, did you ever raise silver foxes? Just for one winter. Now, there was an experience. Yeah? If you want to make money real quick, though, the thing to do is raise pigeons. Pigeons? Yeah. That's what I'm going to put every cent I've got into. Is that right? Yes, sir. Once I get it going, I'm giving up plumbing. Want me to hold that nut? Uh, just leave your hands off it. <laughs> yes, sir. I figured out there's 300% profit in every pigeon you raise. As much as that? What do you sell them for? Eating purposes? Don't raise that kind. I tried them once. Had to eat them all myself. 
Well, what kind, what kind do you raise? Carriers. Carriers? Is that right? Mm-hmm. The kind that get back home no matter where you take them, huh? Yep. Where's my hammer? Well, let's see. Oh, oh, here it is. Uh, leave it there. I'll pick it up. <laughs> I knew a fellow once that raised carrier pigeons and sold them to the army. Is that what you're going to do? Yep, and put them in races. That's where you make the real money. Sometimes you win as much as five or ten dollars. Gee whiz, I didn't know anything like that was going on. Oh, what is it you're looking for, Mr. Hubbard? A pair of pliers. Just let me look for them myself. Do you mind if I point to them? Where are they? <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah. am. Gee, there's a business I'd like to go in. What's stopping you? Well, uh, do pigeons take up very much room in a cellar? What are you going to keep them in the cellar for? Why don't you keep them in your attic? Gee, how do they get along in an attic? All you got to do is fix up some hoops and be sure the windows are left open. I wonder why I didn't think of that myself. Uh, want your two-old bag, Mr. C- uh, Hubbard? I... Uh, put it right back where it was. Yes. How much would it cost to go into the pigeon business, Mr. Hubbard? Uh, get your head out of the way. Is that better? Yeah, uh, just, just keep it out. I guess you don't need any expensive equipment like you do for rabbits, huh? All you need is some second-hand coops. Where could I get those? Any reason you couldn't advertise in the morning paper? You mean advertise? I just say I want some second-hand pigeon coops and that's all? What else would you suggest? Sure, and I'd save money. Unless, of course, nobody answered. <clears throat> but then the way I look at it, you've got to take a gamble at anything if you want to make money. Isn't that the way you look at it, Mr. Hubbard? Well, I... What are you uh, doing out here? Uh, well, uh, I'm helping Mr. Hubbard find his tools, Mother. Could you please stand back so you don't cast a shadow on him? Oh, my goodness. The way you've been talking out here, I thought you'd have all the problems of the world settled. Have you heard us? Well, I haven't heard what it was about. Hmm. What time does the Centerville Gazette close? Oh, I have no idea. They're uh, open till pretty late. They are? Why do you ask, dear? Oh, no reason. I was just wondering how long they stay open. Is Father around in the living room any place? Your father went out. Is that right? He went out? Mr. Hubbard, will I be in your way here? No, ma'am. Well, uh, goodbye. Where are you going, Henry? Uh, just in the living room. Look around. Operator. Operator, could you get me the Centerville Gazette, please? Yes, ma'am. Henry, are you in the living room? Uh, uh, I think I am, Mother. <laughs> Mr. Hubbard wants to know whether you picked up his screwdriver. Uh, tell him he'll find it in his left hip pocket. Mm, thank you. Hello? Well, how do I put in an advertisement? Coops. Just ordinary pigeon coops. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Sign at Henry W. Aldridge. Yeah. About how much will that be? As much as that? Well, would it be cheaper if I left the W out? Well, supposing I leave the Henry out? Okay. Just say, um, reasonable prices paid for old pigeon coops. Sign at Aldridge. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Goodbye. Henry, will you see us at the door, please? Yes, Mother. I'd be very glad to help you, Mother. 
Gee whiz, Tommy, you over here already? I came over to get my rabbits. Yeah, come on in. Did, uh, did you ask your folks whether it'd be all right? I don't know why it wouldn't be all right. Why should I worry them about a little thing like that? Yeah, well, come on down the cellar stairs. Why don't you want them, Henry? My folks would rather I raise pigeons. Pigeons? Sure. I've become a pigeon fancier. Yeah? Sure. I may even raise pigeons for the Army. Big money in it, Tommy. Yeah? Mm-hmm. For the Department of Interior Communications. Yeah? Uh, your rabbits are around here on the other side of the preserve closet. Oh, they show them to me. Now, listen, before I let you see them, uh, when do I get that who's it you promised me on the telephone? Oh, uh, tomorrow, Henry. I couldn't bring it over tonight. Okay. Oh, here they are in this box. Look at them. That's what I say. Can you beat that? Well, what's the matter? They're right here. <laughs> Can you imagine that, huh? But all I want is four. You gotta take eight. I haven't got room for eight. I'm gonna have trouble keeping just four in my closet. Well, you should have gotten here sooner, Tommy. Well, it certainly isn't my fault. Henry, is that Tommy down there? Yes, Mother, that's Tommy. Is he taking all four of the rabbits? Yes, Mother. Certainly glad to hear that, dear. Tommy. Tommy, when we go up, don't say anything about the four I'm keeping. Why not? Maybe I can surprise my mother after all. Boy, am I going to make money. Rabbits in our basement and pigeons in our attic. Our scene shifts for the next moment, ladies and gentlemen, to a department store where we clear up the mystery of the lady... Good evening. ...and the gong. Behind the counter on the fifth floor, lamps, china, curtains, drapes, rugs, house furnishings, and so forth, there stands a clerk. Approaching him is the lady who says... Last week, I bought a piece of merchandise in this department. I have it here with me. It's a dinner gong. Yes, madam? You see, I used to have a lot of trouble every night getting my husband and the children to the dinner table. They'd keep right on reading the paper or listening to the radio or whatever else they were doing when I called them. So I bought this gong. An excellent idea, madam. But, but now I want to return it, if I may. Well, is anything wrong with it, madam? Let's have a look at it. Sounds all right to me. Oh, the gong's all right. But recently I've been serving jello chocolate pudding for dinner. Now when I start to ring the gong, my husband and the children are sitting at the table before I get a chance to hit it. And the very delicious moral to that story is, ladies and gentlemen, folks certainly do get to the table and get there in a hurry when they know there's jello chocolate pudding for dessert. Because, friends, it's a grand treat that everybody loves, young and old alike. Nothing can compare with its rich, creamy smoothness and its thrilling chocolate flavor. And you'll be simply delighted to find how quickly and easily you can prepare Jell-O chocolate pudding, how inexpensive it is, and how many different and delicious desserts you can make with it. So try it tomorrow, why don't you? Start right away to treat the folks at your house to this new family favorite. Swell, luscious, easy-to-eat Jell-O chocolate pudding. Now, getting back to the problems of Henry Aldrich. Without telling his parents, Henry has inserted an advertisement in the town paper and signed it with the name Aldrich. The scene opens the following day in his father's office. 
Miss Thompson, I don't have a great deal of time. Will you take the letter in a hurry, please? Yes, Mr. Eldridge. To the Brown Realty Company. Dear Mr. Brown, this is to advise you that unless steps are taken at once... Mr. Aldrich's office? Yes? Yes? No, sir. You must have the wrong number, I'm afraid. Wrong number? Yes, sir. Well, then, you just started a letter to the Brown Realty Company. Dear Mr. Brown, this is to advise you that unless steps are taken at once... Oh, yes. This is to advise you that unless steps are taken at once... Mr. Aldrich's office? What was that? I don't understand you. Say that slowly, please. One moment. Mr. Aldrich, somebody wants to talk to you about something. Let me have it. Samuel Orrit speaking. What number are you calling? Pigeon Coops? <laughs> Did you say Pigeon Coops? Well, my name is Aldrich. I'm the only Aldrich in town, but I don't buy Pigeon Coops. <laughs> Who is this talking? Charlie? <laughs> oh, you can't fool me, Charlie. Now, listen, Charlie, I'm busy as the deuce right now. I'll give you a call later. Don't bother me. Goodbye. Charlie Goslin would try to be funny just when I'm trying to get my work done. Tried to make me think his name was Tony Vecito. To be quite honest, Mr. Ulrich, I never did like Mr. Goslin. Well, we get a lot of business from him. Uh, now then, where were we? This is to advise you that unless steps are taken at once... Is that all the father we got? It is. Unless steps are taken at once, uh, what was it I was going to say? I have no idea. Oh, I remember. Uh, toward improving the property occupied by my... Let me answer that. Sam Aldrich speaking. Who? <laughs> yes, Charlie. Still selling pigeon coops? <laughs> we'll take all 15. <laughs> yes, deliver them right to our house. I don't care where you put them. Put them in the living room. Yes, and don't bother me anymore. Just because Charlie Gosling happens to be a client. How far are we? Right where we were. Yes. You know, it would be just like Charlie to go and find 15 pigeon coops and deliver them to our house. I remember one other practical joke he tried to play off. Miss Thompson, please answer that. If it's Charlie again, tell him I've gone for the day. Hello? Yes, sir. One moment, please. Mr. Aldrich. it's the Centerville Seed Company. They want to know whether they may supply you with cracked corn. For what? One moment. Hello? Mr. Aldrich wants to know what he would use cracked corn for. No, Mr. Aldrich has not changed his business. He's still practicing law. Goodbye. Cracked corn? Cracked... Did that sound like Charlie Goslin? My suspicion is that was Mr. Goslin. Mm. Oh, no, no. He probably phoned the Centerville Feed Company and told them to call here. Now, unless steps are taken at once to him... Who's at the door? You Mr. Aldridge? I am. About how many pigeon coops did you want? I beg your pardon? How many did you want? Did you say pigeon coops? Pigeon coops. A pork can let you have all you need up to 60. May I ask who sent you here? I don't know. My paw just told me to come up here. Where is your paw? Down in front. Had a park double. We got all 60 down there. You have 60 pigeon coops down in front for me? Sure. You want them brought up here? To the office? No. 
Get off the fixie up with 60 feet and train. No, I'll answer the phone. Now then, young man, may I ask how your father happened to come here? I don't know. Do you know a gentleman by the name of Charles Goslin? Never heard of. Well, here's what you're to do. You're to deliver your confounded coops to Mr. Goslin's residence at 12 Church Street. All 60? All 60. And all 60 feeding trays. Who pays for them? Send the bill to Mr. Goslin. Sure. Take them over right away. That's fine. Mr. Aldrich. Mrs. Aldrich is on the phone. What does she want? There's a gentleman by the name of Achito at your house unloading pigeon coops. He insists upon leaving them in the living room. Now I know it was Charlie. Mrs. Aldrich says he had nothing to do with it. Well, then the fellow must be insane. That's why she says you're to come over. Yes, yes. Where's my hat and coat? Right in the middle of the busiest day I ever had. If anyone else calls Miss Thompson, I've left. Hello, Father. Hello. And can I speak to you just a minute? You may not. Goodbye. Well, what do you know about that? Miss Thompson, is he in a hurry over something? He is. And if I were you, I wouldn't follow him. Miss Thompson could... I can answer, sir. Well, Sam Aldridge? He just went out. I've got exactly what he wants outside on my truck. What is it? He's of the darlingest pigeon coop you ever put your two eyes on. Well, gee whiz, could you hold them over to my house? And why not? Well, I don't think anyone's home. Oh, now you take the coops, and I'll give you a dozen fine birds to go with them. You will? I will not. Gee whiz, I'll be getting an even better start than I thought I would. Let's go. For the last time, please put the rest of your coops on your wagon and get away from the front of my house. You know how to advertise. I did not advertise. <laughs> the lady, she know how to advertise. I did not advertise. No one in this house advertised. We couldn't have. That's a funny thing. And my wife, she's a reader to me after law. What you probably did was to misunderstand the name. What's your name? Aldrich. Aldrich, that's all right. I'm a telephone to him. He's a say, sure, so bring him a fifth in the coops. All right, I'll admit that I'm the one who answered the phone, but uh, I thought you were somebody else. I'll meet the his price. <laughs> no, I thought you were a friend by the name of Charlie. I'll sell the... Chi- What's the Charlie got to do with it? <laughs> now listen, my friend. For the last time, put that final crate on your wagon and get away from here. All right, all right. I'm going to go home and read the ad. You sure you know one of these coops are cheap? Get out. All right, all right. Give me up, please. <laughs> Maybe I see it tomorrow. No. <laughs> well, thank goodness he's gone. Oh, you know, Alice, I honestly believe the fellow's crazy. Did you hear him? He practically insisted that we advertise. Father, take a look. What is it, Henry? What I've got right here in this truck. Pigeon coops. <laughs> Where did you get those? They're for my pigeons. How are you, Sam Aldridge? Well, could you give me a hand, Henry, boy? Sure. Here, one minute. Henry, are you unloading those here? Sure. Oh, down with them, me son. Hey, wait before you unload that. Oh, it's not too heavy, Father. Uh, there you are. What's that I hear? Now, for three years, I've been wanting to show you me gratitude, Sam. Mulligan, I'm sorry, but we have no place here for those pigeons. But, Father, they aren't costing us a cent. We're getting them absolutely free. What do you mean? Mr. Mulligan has very kindly consented to credit the coops toward a bill he owes Father. What was that? Don't you think that's fair, Father? Henry, will you and Mr. Mulligan please put that crate back on the truck? You, you mean you don't want them? I do not. Oh, but, but, but it's three years I've been owing you that bill, Sam. 
Don't you think it's about time it was paid? Sam? If you take those crates away, I'll call the whole thing paid. Oh, now, now, that's very decent of you, Sam. Give me a hand, me boy. But, Father, I need them. Henry, do you want me to put that on for you? I'll help him. Uh, you're a gentleman, Sam Aldridge. And the next time I come into town, I'll bring your son a present. But not pigeons or pigeon cook. Oh, no, no, sir, not pigeons. I'll bring him a fine white nanny goat I have. You will? You will not? Well, good day to you all. Gee whiz. Now I've even lost what I paid for the ad. For the ad? For what ad? For coops, didn't I tell you? Let's go into the house, Henry. I want to have a talk with you. I know what you're going to say. Oh, I wouldn't cry right out here on the sidewalk, Henry. I'm not crying. Who's crying? Well, you're disappointed, dear, but the next time you do anything like this, you must tell us. Of course. We may not have room for pigeons any more than we had for rabbits, but we'll find something you can have. The only thing is I need pigeon coops. I need them bad. Oh, today you need them, but by tomorrow you'll have forgotten all about them. Sam, what, what's that? What was what? Something just flew out of our attic window. Out of which window? That was one of my pigeons. One of what pigeons? That Mr. Hubbard gave me. That he gave you? How many did he give you? Just six. Two of them are up there setting. In our attic? It would be all right if they had a coop, Father. Henry Aldrich. Henry, could I see you a minute? What about, Tommy? What have you got in the box there? Your rabbit. My mother and father won't let me keep them. What are you doing, returning all four of them? All four of them? There are ten of them. Can you imagine? Henry, we can't possibly take those. But, Mother, the ones I have don't bother you any, do they? The ones you have? Yeah, the ones in the preserve closet. Henry! Look! Look who's coming. It's Towser. Oh, my old dog, Towser. Well, gee whiz. And where are you going to keep him, Henry? Oh, he can sleep at the foot of my bed. Listen, Henry, I want my who's it back that I gave you for the rabbits. Oh, no, that was a bargain, Tommy. You've got to give it back. Give what back? My snake. What's that? No, he gave me that snake. Henry, why should you want an old dead snake? But, Mother, it isn't dead. It's alive. <laughs> where is it? Where is it? Yes. It's in my top bureau drawer. Henry, oh, Tomorrow night, why not treat yourself to one of those popular new Jell-O puddings you've been hearing so much about? Let's say a grand, tempting dish of Jell-O vanilla pudding, dressed up perhaps with a handful of rich nuts or raisins. Now there is a truly fine dessert, one that has no rival when it comes to smooth, creamy goodness. Every time you enjoy it, which is sure to be often, you'll find yourself more excited than ever about the delectable flavor of Jell-O vanilla pudding, because there's nothing to equal its delightful taste. So delicate and yet marvelously mellow. It's a quick, easy, inexpensive dessert. 
a captivating climax to any meal. So make tomorrow night's dinner end on a truly festive note by serving the family this luscious treat. You'll add a new name on your list of favorite desserts the very first time you enjoy the rare, distinctive goodness of Jell-O Vanilla Pudding. Tommy, I just had a big idea. What about, Henry? We can make some money on these pigeons. We can clean up. How? All we have to do is put another ad in the paper. The only trouble is, though, we'll have to put it in in your father's name. (laughs) Well, now, ladies and gentlemen, in the event you would like to see Henry's latest advertisement, you will find it only in next week's issue of Centerville's leading paper. The Aldrich Family, starring Ezra Stone, is written by Clifford Goldsmith. Original music for the program is composed and conducted by Jack Miller. By the way, Ezra Stone will appear as Henry Aldrich at the State Theater in Hartford, Connecticut for four days beginning February 22nd. Now, this is Harry Von Zell speaking and wishing you good night for those delicious new desserts all America's talking about. Jell-O Pudding. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Ezra Stone was born Ezra Chaim Feinstone in 1917. He debuted on radio at the age of seven doing a recitation of some sort on a local Philadelphia station. Stone began his professional stage career with the part of Henry Aldrich in the play What a Life. When we introduced this show to our podcast, we talked about that play being turned into comedy sketches for Rudy Valley and then Kate Smith on their radio shows before it became its own 30-minute radio sitcom in 1939. Ezra Stone played Henry until he went into the Army in World War II in 1942. After the war, Stone returned to the role and played Henry again from 1945 to 1952. We'll talk about the actors who replaced Stone when we get to episodes in which they appear. The thing about Ezra Stone, though, is that he did not really look like what people thought Henry Aldrich should look like. Radio historian Gerald Nachman, in his book Raised on Radio, says this about Stone, quote, Ezra Stone a dark-eyed Jewish kid, looked nothing at all like a gawky, all-American boy next door in the studio audience's minds. Recalls Jackie Kelk, who played Henry's buddy Homer, it was a big shock to people who came to see the show in the studio because I looked more like the part. I was slight and skinny. Ezra was this fat little man in a vest who smoked cigars, unquote. Nevertheless, Ezra Stone defined who Henry was. The Aldrich family moved 
from radio to TV in 1952, and Stone moved with it, but not as Henry. He became the director of the TV show, and this is where Ezra Stone really did the majority of his work after 1952. It was in TV, but behind the camera as a director and producer. By 1969, he was estimated to have directed between 300 to 400 television programs. These included shows like I Married Joan, Bachelor Father, Bob Hope Presents the Chrysler Theater, Lassie, The Munsters, Lost in Space, Julia, and Love American Style. Ezra Stone died in a car accident in 1994. He was 76. Please send your questions and comments to host at ClassicComedyOTR.com. Come back next Monday for another episode of The Aldrich Family and check in on Wednesday for the next installment of The Bob Hope Show. Until next time, in the words of Brene Brown, the willingness to show up changes us. It makes us a little braver each time.